Our next guest is feeling pretty good about semiconductors that had a good week. They touch everything from 5G, home appliances, and joining me now to discuss this sector, let's welcome in John Mowry, Chief Investment Officer at NFJ Investment Group. John, we certainly saw some big moves, a lot of positive comments on NVIDIA and AMD. You're seeing opportunities in this group, right? Is this a short-term or a long-term call? It's a long-term call. We've got a uh, mega trend squarely in place in the semiconductor industry. Um, I don't know how many chips are on my personal body right now, but it's a lot. Think about uh, the number of chips in your phone, on your watch. Uh, there's over 100 chips in these new cars that are coming out. So we do see mega tailwinds here. And what's really exciting about it is they're on sale. The semiconductor space has lagged the technology sector by over 800 basis points since the beginning of April. So you're getting a nice discount in valuation and you're getting access to a mega trend. So we like the space. Yeah, I mean, I know you're saying it boasts uh, both a yield, dividend growth is another area. You feel free to discuss this. You're watching names like Teradyne, Texas Instruments, and Broadcom. How do you pick those few out of a pretty big group? Yeah, it's a great question. So when we think about the semiconductor space, we want to look for those that have uh, cleaner balance sheets, net cash positions. Teradyne, for instance, is net cash, uh, Texas Instruments as well. And you're also getting a significant dividend growth. If you look at, you know, Broadcom, for instance, you've got a three-year dividend growth rate of 30% and a 3% dividend yield. And what's really cool about the semiconductor space as a whole is it has a dividend growth rate of double that of the index. You've got double-digit dividend growth rate. And then you have, uh, if you look at the top 10 semiconductor companies, those have a dividend yield premium to the S&P 500. So think of it like starting a race ahead of the competition and then running a faster pace. It sets up for a pretty good risk return profile. And if you can, if you think about the inflation uh, expectations in the environment we're in, dividend growth is gonna be a key thing. It's not getting a ton of press, but dividend growth is probably the best way to offset uh, inflationary pressures. And you're getting it in an area that has better earnings growth um, and attractive multiples. So we like the space for all those reasons. When you see something like the FTC charging um, Broadcom with illegal monopolization, um, well, that was some news today. Do you think that, I mean, look, we have regulators chasing the FANG stocks every single day of the week. I feel like we're talking about possible fines and I'm not making light of them. Um, on the contrary, I'm just, I would like to know if some kind of headline like this is worrisome to you or not necessarily? I would say not necessarily. Uh, this is more short-term chop and noise. Um, if you think about the technology space, as you said, Nicole, you are seeing pressure uh, around antitrust and um, you know those monopolistic uh, types of uh, issues. But the reality is, if you take a longer-term view, it is an opportunity for a longer-term investor. And we think that they're gonna grind through that. The earnings are there. The fundamentals are there. And again, if I go back to the need for semiconductor chips is so broad and it's so stable and it's so pervasive, there's over 150 industries today that require chips. And if you contrast that with 10 years ago, it's materially different. So I think that adds for the stability of the group. And I would use these as opportunities to add the positions on weakness and keep your eye on the ball. It's a long-term game. Don't get uh, you know, taken uh, out by the short-term noise. Right. When, you, when we talk about some of these names that you have, right, when you talk about Teradyne, Texas Instruments, and Broadcom, 
uh, we began the segment talking about all things that are in the home or 5G, but really when we're talking about semis, we're pretty much talking about everything, right? Um, autos, auto infotainment and gaming and everything else for that matter. Is there some area, particularly for autos as I'm thinking of, you know, they, they keep citing the chip shortage as being problematic. How long does it last, short or long, and does that matter? So it, it, it does matter, but what has been uh, pretty impressive is that if you look at the earning stability, even though there's been uh, you know, these issues with the supply chain, uh, there has not been very many changes to the estimate. The estimate's been quite stable. And again, I think that speaks to the strength of the businesses. I mean, think about Broadcom, their biggest uh, customer is Apple. Uh, that's a pretty, big, a pretty good customer to have. Um, and if you think about the 5G build out, um, it's much broader than just, uh, just auto. But ultimately, yes, that is gonna put some pressure near term. But I would argue again, this is an opportunity for a longer term investor. I think the supply chain issues probably last a year or so, but the market's discounting that. And I would argue that a right. base point correction is pricing that in to some degree already, creating the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, well, you said the group has lagged the tech sector by 800 basis points since the beginning of April. Um, you also mentioned the dividend growth a couple of times, which I think people love, love that in particular. So what's the final takeaway here? Because I'm thinking about if rates do rise, right now rates are very low. Um, if we start to see rates ticking up, would that spook you? Uh, I would say no. And actually, the, uh, the interest rate environment is quite perplexing. The bond market is, is telling us something different from the inflation numbers. If you look at the uh, interest rates, and if, particularly if you look at negative real rates, which is where we are today, you have to go back to 1980 to see rates as negative on a, on a real basis. And I think that's really interesting. So what I would argue is that if you think about what the bond market's saying today, I don't think it's worried about rates going much higher, or you would see a much higher 10-year yield relative to the, to the inflation yeah. number. And also, yeah. I would say, if you look at technology, a lot of folks said that, hey, that'll really be an area that will struggle, struggle for it to go higher. But tech and REITs were the two best performing sectors in uh, the S&P 500 in Q2. And you know, the last time I was on, Nicole, we talked about American Tower uh, being an I have to jump player. in. I got to jump in, John. You know, we're going to have to save the rest of it for next time. It's great to see you, okay. John Barry. NFJ Investment Group. We'll leave you the whole have half hour. Support. Thank you, darling. It's great to see you. Thanks. Thanks.